You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast, sponsored by Centre by Iris, the weekly podcast for bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be talking about what's new in the bookkeeping world. Here are your hosts and founders of the six-figure bookkeeper, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Welcome back to Bookkeepers Bootcamp. Hi, Joe. Hi. <laughs> You're good. All good. All good. Fired up and uh, ready to be back and welcoming lots of you. And uh, really, really happy to have Abby Rogers here. Hello. Hello. I was just dancing along to the intro there. So, so funny. Like, it makes me like want to dance around, yeah. doesn't it? I love it. Yeah, um, I love that theme tune. Cool. <laughs> it's really nice to see you, Abby. Abby's a good friend of mine. We've done a lot of work together with my own mindset. And you might remember Abby from previous episodes of the Bookkeepers podcast. Um, we really wanted to invite Abby along today because we really need to talk about imposter syndrome comes up all the time it's uh it's something that we I put a post in the group last week and we were talking about confidence and what the challenges are and I think probably half of you said imposter syndrome was something that comes up for you so thought it'd be really nice to deep dive into that and and Abby I know is happy to take questions as we go through Abby Mm -hmm. do you want to start by telling us what you do because I think that'd be really nice to set the scene sure so I am a, a mindset coach um, for people in business, basically. Um, so I work with people generally who are a little bit further along their journey um, because we get to a certain point in our businesses usually where we've got lots of strategy in place and then all of a sudden it's all about the mindset. Um, <clears throat> and often even in, in the earlier days as well, you're getting so many kind of different ideas going on. Sometimes it's just being able to focus and being able to pull out the right ideas and help yourself to move forward so I I help people do that and do lots of work on imposter syndrome that's a a major thing for a lot of my clients um and just helping people to step outside I guess the the limits of their own subconscious mind and their own perception and help them start to scale their mindset so they can scale their businesses how exciting what a fantastic <laughs> job you have it's and pretty how rewarding. good <laughs> I was gonna say I mean how how lovely to help people push through and get to those next levels okay so, so say we have lots of newbies in the group at the moment mm. and um there might be some people here that are thinking what is imposter syndrome what is this thing that everyone keeps talking about I've never heard of it can you give us a bit of a background and an understanding sure so Imposter syndrome, um, you will typically hear a lot of people talk about it uh, in terms of just not feeling good enough or feeling like you're going to be found out. It's that kind of feeling of I'm, I'm not good enough to be an expert. I couldn't put myself out there. Um, and it affects all sorts of areas of work. So anything from like charging to even marketing, getting yourself out there and visibility. Um, if you're kind of sitting there thinking, I'm just not good enough and just not quite ready for this. Some people end up going on endless courses and training and training um, and never feeling quite ready to get themselves out there. Um, and I've even known it affect people who are really established in their careers and businesses all of a sudden this attack of like, I'm, I'm not as good as everybody or what if something terrible happens. Um, so it's it's that underlying out I guess around yourself and your your competence and um just questioning yourself about things rather than being really confident and just able to put yourself out there um and charge your worth and, and do your work without any kind of doubts in the background um and that's that's the sort of general definition you'll have heard of but what's what's actually going on um is really a lot to do with our, our self-worth and also a lot to do with our anxiety around things so 
um, it's, it's very often labeled as a, a syndrome, but actually it's, it's generally a lot of it is just to do with general anxiety um, about our work and about the way that we show up. So hopefully we can dive into that a bit more today and, and help you understand what's really going on for you guys. I think that, you know, what we are people who are perfectionists, uh, a lot of us, not everyone, I know we're all different, but I think generally as an in industry, we, we care a lot about accuracy, getting it right, not making oh, yeah. mistakes. We, uh, I think we aren't necessarily people who are drawn to the limelight. So like getting out there can be quite a scary thing. Um, yeah. And also for a lot of people in our community, um, we are starting businesses where we haven't been in business before. So there will be people who, who are very well established and running their businesses for a long time, but are here because they want to grow to the next level. And mm -hmm. that might, might well include visibility. There are other yeah. people who are joining us very early in their journey, maybe haven't started a practice yet, or they've got their first handful of clients and they're really struggling to push ahead. And, uh, and it's the same stuff, I think, coming up all the time. Like we've got to, we're worried that maybe someone's going to judge us or think we don't belong because we haven't been doing this forever um, yeah what would you say to someone who's feeling like that right now I think I think that's completely normal when you're starting out in a new arena in a new sphere um and particularly one where the professional stakes are quite high um I remember before I did everything I do now um I was a, an optician an optometrist and it was kind of drilled into us about the potential legal ramifications of what we were doing all the time. And I guess you guys have a very, very similar thing in terms of you've got to be really careful. You've got to make sure you've got all the I's dotted, all the T's crossed. Otherwise, it could come back. And um, that kind of constant narrative just amps up our um, perception of threat and perception of things that might go wrong. And even though kind of intellectually, we know that. We're, we're competent, we're capable, um, we are going to do people the world of good. In our subconscious mind, kind of in the background, there's this like little alarm going off saying this is this is a scary situation. This is a real a real threat here. Something could go badly wrong. And the more we listen to that, um, the more that kind of amps up and that voice starts to take over rather than the voice of it's OK, I've got this. Um, and it's it's really powerful and it's really persuasive. So the best thing you can do, I think, is often just to to recognise that voice for what it is. It's not um, your intellectual mind. It's not the reality of the situation, but it's just your brain on red alert looking out for things that could potentially go wrong. And when, when we start to recognise that, we can kind of distance ourselves from it a little bit and say, um, OK, I recognise I'm having those thoughts, but but they are just just normal. It's just okay to feel that way and what what do I want to be concentrating on instead what do I want to be thinking and feeling rather than just being under the mercy of that um that negative voice all the time does that does that help does that make sense it does it does um Dawn's just said that um I know deep down I'm capable of achieving anything I put my mind to but it doesn't stop me feeling like I'm going to fail and mm. I think it's really important to share that I think we all feel like this, however confident yeah. you think someone comes across, um, yeah. lots of people feel like this. And, you know, how do we, how, what are the strategies that we can put in place to kind of, I think, like you say, first of all, acknowledging that that voice is there is a really good step. And that's why we've got this like open, yeah. you know, please comment and share, because I think it's 
really nice to know that you're not alone and that actually this is just really this is a human reaction but okay so why is our brain doing this why is it making it so much harder than when business is always hard <laughs> why is it doing this to us isn't it helpful <laughs> wonderful um basically because we've still got this kind of caveman brain lurking within our um, our wonderful modern brain we've still got this little kind of caveman compartment inside which is the bit that controls our emotions um, and our feelings and that bit has has never learned to to let go and just embrace change and for change to be okay so in in our intellectual brain yeah change is a wonderful thing it's really exciting it can help us achieve all sorts of fantastic things and we have as, as humans in modern times but we are still controlled by this part of the brain that's just constantly on the lookout for threat and danger um, and all the things that could possibly go wrong and and it just wants to keep us safe basically it's it's what you might have heard of referred to as the fight or flight system and it's it's its job is to keep us safe only it's got a bit confused it thinks that um, being overprotective and stopping us doing anything new in our lives is going to keep us safe um, really what it's designed to do is just protect us from things like saber-toothed tigers <laughs> or running out in front of a bus those kinds of things that are fairly mega um, life-threatening events but it it starts applying its safety mechanism to everything in life um, and we have to step in there with our logical rational brain and go is that something I really need to be worrying about and something I really need to be feeling nervous about or, or is it just my safety mechanism going bonkers in the background um, it's very persuasive, so we have to be quite quite good at calling it out and noticing when it's talking to us instead of giving us nice, positive, helpful thoughts to help us move forward. Yeah, um, it's hard in the moment, isn't it? I, I mean, I struggle yeah. with this sometimes. Like, I'll, I'll my, yeah. like, it kicks in for me a yeah. lot. And we've had lots of conversations about this, and it's like monkey brain and like trying to like, <laughs> run away from a yeah, a, yeah, with tiger. I like that. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> like being aware of it's a really good place to start when we did our call last night we were talking about our mindset and for anyone who missed it you can catch the replays in our six-figure bookkeepers club and um and we were talking about how we frame things like we mm -hmm. often use language and describe ourselves and sort of label ourselves as having imposter syndrome yeah and sometimes that's not very helpful because we can use that as an excuse to like bundle up yeah. why we haven't moved forward or taken a particular action I can't do that because this is yeah. going on for me um but actually if we're going to make progress and we want people who are joining these calls to make progress this week we want you to go and take massive action in your business and be like yeah. yes we learned so much I went to those <laughs> sessions and I actually did it um so we really need to get past this and be able to make the changes and implement things that we're learning this week mm. but the people who've just come off of the call we had this morning with Pete Scott and I know you weren't there Abby but we were talking about sales we were talking about pricing Mm -hmm. um, having fewer clients, providing higher value services to them and what those valuable services might look like. We have people in the comments who are saying, um, I don't know whether I have the expertise or the knowledge or I don't believe that other people will believe that in me that I can go yeah. out there and charge for that value. Yeah. How can people who are feeling what I'm going to describe as imposter syndrome around going mm -hmm. out and saying, look, I'm an expert here, I'm yeah. valuable. How do we get away from this whole I'm, I can't do it because other people are going to judge me or, I, you know, I'm afraid of the saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> yeah, that thing. Um, 
very often I think just starting to pay attention to the benefits of disregarding that voice and just just embracing the new direction and just saying to yourself well what would happen if I did just start seeing fewer clients and increase those prices what what are the good things about that because our brain just defaults to all the negative stuff all the time it's always like I couldn't do that because and it gives you this long list of reasons why you couldn't do it but we never sit there and go yeah if I did do that what if it was amazing what if this happened what if that happened what how life-changing could that be um and also in terms of our clients we kind of perceive it as oh are they are they thinking I'm not good enough are they are they this are they that uh, what about the difference that you could make to them and if you did just step into that confident version of yourself and get out there and um charge your your worth and, and offer those amazing services that you want to offer um deep down they're, they're nestling in there somewhere <laughs> you know if you did just go for it and and put together that wonderful package um what difference could it make to their lives and how how amazing could that be for them and are you actually by by holding back on doing that are you um kind of cheating them in a way um is always quite a nice reframe i think are you are you kind of disadvantaging them by not being bold enough to take that step and give it a go as well as disadvantaging disadvantaging yourself and your business so i think that's quite a nice reframe to <laughs> to look at it in a different way yeah yeah absolutely I, I do think that really helps like who will lose out by you mm. not taking that step and yeah, yeah um it's it's difficult i always talk about like choosing your hard and yes making a step in that direction and making yourself more visible or making a decision to change the structure of your business and what you're offering yeah it's all really hard yeah but also really hard is swapping time for money working all the hours and not seeing your family that's also yeah. hard so you've got to decide which way you want to go i think we all have to come to terms with the fact that being in business is never going to be smooth sailing every single day but mm. if we push through some tough times and like push ourselves out of that comfort zone we can get comfortable in another level and um but it's just about where you settle i mean Absolutely. i always say like new levels new devils whenever Hopefully. i push through <laughs> something else something else comes up and you know me and zoe have definitely experienced you know like massive and great growth in our business but mm. also with that come some growing pains like any teenager that's going yeah. through that as well you can't you can't get to that next stage without having some growing pains and um and i mm. think that if we kind of accept that i think do you know what i think the problem is we always assume that when we're seeing other people going through that we assume they're not experiencing any growing pains that they yeah. are that it looks really simple to them but we're only seeing the the filtered side of the life and we're not seeing everyone and that's why it's so important yeah. to share i love that uh, doris has just shared her breakthrough who will lose out if i do not do what i have to do absolutely <laughs> yes 100%. so i know that earlier in the week you asked some questions in the group and um or you said you know people can ask questions to you about yeah. what they'd like you to cover is there anything that you'd like to you know any other questions you'd like to bring up so well yeah we'll, we'll get on to um sales in a moment because i think that's always quite an interesting one but just off the back of what you were saying there my mind was kind of going while you were chatting away and it's it's so very true. I think we we often fear failure um, and we, we really fear it all going wrong. We're so afraid to take that leap and like jump off the branch and just start flying. 
Um, but the only way we ever learn is by failing. The only way we ever learn is by making mistakes. Um, and often the faster you fail, the faster you're able to make those mistakes, the, the quicker you grow and the quicker you learn and the quicker you do know what works and what doesn't. Um, if you think of somebody like Richard Branson, I guess, as a bit of an example, he didn't know um, X years ago when he first started Virgin Records or when he did things even before that. I think he published a magazine before that. He didn't know what he was doing. He didn't. Nobody had told him, like, follow this process, do X, Y, Z, and you'll get to be a billionaire. Um, it was just, I'm going to try this thing. I'm going to see what works. I'm going to experiment. And, and it's the same in our businesses as well. And I think, I think often we're kind of waiting for the grand plan to unveil itself before we take action, whereas we have to just take that step and start doing all the wrong things to find out what really is the right thing. And, and it's being okay with that failure, um, I think is, is such a huge mindset shift. And it's, it's really helped me in my own business too. Um, so I just wanted to talk about that. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I, and you know, what? I think I, I don't know where I heard it, but someone has definitely said before the only difference between successful entrepreneurs and people who haven't made it is that the successful people have just tried more stuff and they've, they've yeah. probably failed just as many times, but they keep going and every time you learn. Yeah. And that's what's great about being in this group. You know, we're all trying a, a different version of something very similar. So you've got all of these people around you who are taking those, like doing those things. Like Joe and I have done, like we don't get everything right all the time. We've nope. learned loads <laughs> along the way and we're here to help and share that. So I think even like being around people who are doing it and benefiting from what they've done is really helpful. But just know that it's OK. Like, you, you know, you'll do something and be like, Oh, that like Pete said something on the call this morning, and Joe was like, "Wow, I might need to rethink this particular part <laughs> in the business." That's okay. That's that's how you like learn and grow, and you have to do things and experience it. So, um, no, I love that, and, and I think, yeah, I, I think there's there's so much we could cover here about. Know. <laughs> could just be here for hours, couldn't we? <laughs> what kind of visibility, Abby? Because I think one yeah. like we're talking this week about finding clients, making sales confidence going into those conversations part of this like finding clients part mm -hmm. of it is about people knowing that you are there doing the yeah. thing and this is perhaps where we come back to oh I don't know if I want to put myself out there because I've got imposter syndrome but we actually need to be visible for people to start to learn who we are yeah how do we overcome those feelings uh yeah yeah well I think I think one of the things that tends to hold us back again is we have this fear of getting it right when we're putting out social posts and putting out content and things like that. We're like, oh, if I if I say something wrong or something that people don't agree with, then they're gonna have a go. <laughs> they're gonna pick on me. Um and that that can hold us back so much and just stop us ever actually getting anything out there at all. Um and I think we also put enormous pressure on ourselves sometimes to to produce and show up every day. Um, and the trouble is when we put enormous pressure on ourselves, our brain just kind of seizes up and it stops being creative. It can't do creative while we're putting um, all that stress on ourselves. So I think if we can relieve that stress by just saying, it's okay if I, I'm not going to tell myself I've got to post every single day, maybe it's going to be um, a few times a week and I'm going to make sure I do that, but I'm not going to say it's got to be right this minute, go for a lovely walk or something instead. Um, but the, the more we can take that pressure off and, again, not feed into the worry about what might go wrong, but really start to focus on how we're helping people by posting um, and how we're actually giving people value through our free content. I think that 
that can really encourage us to show up. Um, being vis- visible just feels feels very vulnerable, doesn't it? We are we are afraid to be different from the rest of our tribe. We're afraid to sort of have an opinion and and put our thoughts out there into the world. But that's also what makes us um, us, and it's what makes us human, and it's what makes people connect with us. So um, I've had a big big journey with this over the years myself in terms of I used to be really terrified to express an opinion or put anything out there in case I got negative comeback from that um but I've learned that the more you can be yourself and the more you can have opinions and not be afraid to share them the more your true fans will really connect with that and engage with that and they, those true fans will back you 100% of the way and it it just doesn't matter if there are people that don't agree um with what you're saying or don't particularly like what you're saying um they're they're not the ones that matter and they'll always be there whether you're bothering to show up or not whether you if you sat there um not getting visible and not putting yourself out there there are still going to be those people that don't particularly get on with you for whatever reason so why not you know why not just show up in full force and embrace it and say I know that there are going to be some people that Mm. that won't like what I'm doing but there'll be some people that absolutely love it and they're the ones I'm going to focus on they're my people and isn't it funny that we worry about what people are going to think but we also worry if no one thinks anything yeah so (laughs) we've kind of this that actually proves to us how mad and how we overthink (laughs) things because yeah we're like oh we don't want anyone to say anything but we don't want no one to say anything and I think it's um I think again it's very much about practice makes perfect and allow yourself to say something and and but that Abby exactly that put out I know some people might not agree with this but this is what I'm thinking and you kind of are outing those people before they even get a chance to say anything negative yeah yeah we all know those people as well like we all that I'm sure everyone watching this is following someone who divides like that they post stuff and then like either you love their approach to it or you hate it or you follow them because you're like, I have to follow them because they're in this. <laughs> it's place. fascinating. And like there definitely are like people that I can think of who there mm. will be people who don't like them. And um, I was talk- I was talking to my husband the other day about social media. I can't remember what it was. And he was like, I can't believe <laughs> you haven't seen that. He's like, you're on social media all the time. I can't believe you haven't seen that. And I was mm. like, well. I am on social media, but I'm like, I'm there with a, a kind of like a checklist. Like I know what I need to engage on. I know who I need to check in yeah. with. And then I do my thing and then I leave. And um, and then I was like, oh, maybe that's like really absorbed, like self-absorbed or something. And I was like thinking, oh my gosh, I'm like this terrible person. Anyway, then we had a call with our coach the other day and he said to me, uh, he goes, oh, well, all of your content is there to serve. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I, like, I feel like I just go out and I'm like there's this thing there's this thing there's a thing there's a thing going on there's another thing go to the thing and then um, he's like but you're doing that because you want people to benefit from it you know that people need that in their business and you're there to serve them and I'm like oh yeah but I just haven't seen it like that and so if we realize that people look at it in a different way to the way we think we do and also that they don't see all the stuff we put out there as well absolutely. yeah absolutely <laughs> we, we are paying so much attention to our own stuff and Nobody else is paying that much attention 90% of the time. It's a huge thing, isn't it? <laughs> How about on a sales call then? So we're, we're talking about sales a lot this week. And mm. uh, and there will be people here who have never had to sell or never seen themselves as needing to be a salesperson. We've probably got quite a lot of preconceptions about what it is yeah. like 
to sell um yeah. how can we change the way we think going into those conversations oh, big, big juicy topic here so I think the word sales um in itself or selling has these very negative connotations in our in our mind subconscious mind probably whips up this image of uh like Del Boy or dodgy day for used car salesman or you know as soon as as soon as we think of selling it's just that that guy who was following you around the furniture store hassling you one day um and we we sort of think of selling as pushing things onto people that they don't need and I think that's when we just every every fiber of our being just objects to that and says no I don't want to be that person it just doesn't sit with me it's just not an integrity at all um but what most of us are actually doing and in in something like bookkeeping and accountancy you are helping people enormously through selling your services they need you (laughs) they do they need you in their lives um so we need to sort of remind ourselves that selling maybe even take the word selling out of the equation altogether and just say to ourselves look this is this is helping people I am showing up to serve people like as you were just saying there um I'm actually doing these people a favor by putting my services out there because it's going to transform their lives it's going to give them back more time it's going to give them back more headspace it's going to help them develop their business further it's going to give them more family time all these things these are the real emotional things that matter to people um and it, you can't deny them that so um so I think if we can switch that mindset and just remember as well that by the time somebody gets on that sales call with you if you are somebody that does sales calls um hopefully through all the content you've put out there and through all the marketing you've done to get them to that point they've they've almost already made the decision to to work with you they've decided that they they need your service and you're not getting on that sales call to try and persuade somebody into your service. You're getting on that sales call to help them um, to decide whether the service is right for them or not. Uh, and just to kind of make that decision. And and if it's not, then you can fully say in integrity, maybe we're not such a good fit. But if, if it is the right thing, um, then you're only doing them a favor by telling them all the benefits and helping them see that your solution is the right thing for them. Um, so I think when we frame it that way instead, it's it's so much easier to feel good about that sales call and not to feel terrified of charging the right amount because um, you're actually helping them and they really want you to do that. They're, they're, they're hoping that you can help them by getting on that call, aren't they? Yeah. And, uh, and that, something that I learned is to go into a sales call, two things really. One, without seeing a pound sign or a dollar sign flashing over their heads because... Yeah. I think that's how we think about sales. We think that someone's coming to us with that. And um, and then to go in thinking that actually you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you because yeah. you want to check that they're a right fit and that you are able, that you're a good match to be able to take them on that journey and able to get them to where they need to be. And if you're not a right fit, then you can't do that. So you know yourself that you're a good person and that you're not going to be taking money off of people yeah. that it's not a not a good fit so if you go in with that mindset um and for me I mean how I always I end up finishing a sales call by saying things like you know if this is right for you then this is what you need to do if it's not I really enjoy speaking to you learning about your business and mm-hmm. you know and hopefully I pass across another point but I kind of I don't then and I know I know that you know they say what is it that something is in the follow-up 
the fortune is in fortune. the follow-up yeah yeah and so I know I'm most probably losing a fortune on that but I just I'm very much for me I feel like if it's meant to be they'll come back and do you know what some people do come back and it might be two years later and they say oh my goodness this happened and that happened and I really wanted to but it wasn't the right yeah. time and I think as long as I'm and also that's why I like to say Facebook friends with people because I'm then still in there yeah. in there they'll still see me and they'll be reminded and then I think okay if that's the case then they'll come back and they and they tend to but from that's my way of feeling like it's not a hard sales push yeah yeah and um I guess another way to to just build on what you said there a little bit as well as if if you had that first call with them and you'd kind of held back on explaining just how good your service could be and they went off and tried lots of different things and then ended up coming back to you eventually um you know it, it's it's better to give them the full truth and really help them on that first call rather than have them go around the houses to eventually decide that you're the one that, that can help them. So um, you're doing them again a, a massive favour if you can just be honest about, about what you can offer and how you can help them. Um, and it's it's always a bit daunting getting on a sales call, but I think there are things we can do. So like you were saying, going in with that mindset of, um, of helping them. Um, and... And also just reminding yourself that they are going to be on that call because they they need um, the service from you and just just kind of visualizing it going well in your mind. Because so often, again, we do the negative thing. We start going, oh, what if I what if I just fluff my words? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I don't tell them, (laughs) tell them all the bits and pieces that I need to? So visualizing it going well and imagining it being a positive outcome and just just getting on that call to enjoy it, really. I think if you can get on there and enjoy it and approach it with the spirit of fun and let's just see how this goes um takes so much of that pressure off and then we're just so much less likely to fluff things up or um you know bumble our way through it so yeah, yeah. I love that I love the idea of visualizing it because this is the mm. kind of I, I remember this I, I um worked in all sorts of accountancy roles before corporate world started a practice and then like someone would call me and I'd, I'd want to put off having the sales call because I was dreading it and uh, and I'd like lose sleep worrying about I've got this call with this person and I don't know what to say and uh, and it feels really stressful and you're like right I need a script I need a list of things that I can say and all right having like some prompts and stuff can be helpful but what's really helpful is like doing a bit of research knowing who they are seeing like what they do so you've got you can find some common ground to have a proper conversation with them um there are some there's some interesting comments coming up which I'd love to talk about lots of people talking to Kath about Del Boy and uh, only (laughs) seen that definitely worth catching up but um the the chat that I can see going on here is um Jane has said I find a lot of clients think they know what they want and they end up interviewing me in the traditional way rather than me saying what I can offer Mm. now I'm just thinking like for and um, Kath has then said take charge and switch it around yeah. you're in charge of your sales meeting now what can you do if you're in that like mindset of um I'm I'm being interviewed I've lost my power how mm-hmm. how can you turn it around so you can take control back of that conversation rather than sit there for half an hour feeling uncomfortable and then thinking oh this was a massive waste of my time I can never do that again sure. um, yeah I think um you can really avoid getting in that situation in the first place by kind of just having a little um laying out of how the call might go at the start so um so here's what I'd like to get out of the call today I want to make sure that this is um a good fit for you and just delve into a few questions so I'm going to ask you two or three questions 
have those in mind <laughs> what you what you might ask them um and by doing that you're just very much taking the reins from the beginning you're just you're asserting very delicately that that balance of power and saying look it's me who's got the reins here I'm in charge of this call um and then yeah if you spend a few minutes talking about where they are at the moment and the sort of help that that they need um if they do start to to wander off and start interviewing you um instead I guess it's just noticing that happening and then bringing it back and saying so what I really want to find out while we're on the call today is blah and just just diving back into your routine again so almost just not allowing it to be derailed um it is it is really important to let people say what they want to say I think and and to to feel heard I think that's a, a huge thing again it's really really important to be a good listener um but also if it's just getting out of hand <laughs> then you can always just politely say I, I only have a few minutes before my next call so I'd really love to just bring it back to xyz that I really want to, to chat through with you today um just politely taking back control um I think can really really help um or reminding them of, of their objectives getting on the call and saying I'd love to just just take it back in this direction so that we can help you achieve what it was that you um, came here to, to find out today so is that Excellent. helpful <laughs> yeah great I've uh, got a question here from Joanna so how yeah. do you deal with a potential client just not responding to you after you send them a proposal and they mm -hmm. then send you their documents in preparation to start work oh okay. I don't want to seem desperate in contacting them again how would you deal with this oh so Okay, so you've sent a proposal and they've mm. sent you the work. So that means that they want to go ahead, but it sounds like they haven't signed their proposal or they're not. I mean, communication is key, isn't it's it? And huge. this is this would be a very big red flag to me if someone's like, oh, yeah, go ahead, but I'm not going to talk to you about it. Um, I would definitely, firstly, not start any work. I think yeah. you're obviously waiting for it signed proposal or you know maybe a direct debit form or something and definitely for me I always oh they haven't signed it yet so they haven't signed it yet but they've sent you the work okay so basically I think you need to very much set out the rules of the game here and it's like okay well before I start any work we will need to have a conversation because I need the letter of engagement signed and we need to set, set out the next steps I think put it to the side don't even think about the work until they've answered what you're going to do. And also, I mean, I now set up, I, I get my clients to pay me at the beginning of a month before I even start any work. And um, I think it's kind of like that kind of making sure that you're going to get paid. I used to in the past, take the work, do the work, spend a hundred hours on the work and then ask, and then send them a bill and then date it for 30 days later, give them 30 days to pay. And then they wouldn't pay me. And I'd be like, oh, that's a real shame. I've done all that work and now I'm not going to get paid. So I think um, the fact that they're not communicating with you from day one is a big red flag to me. What do you think, Abby? Yeah, absolutely. I think communication is is everything. And um, sometimes people just forget or get busy in their lives and for some reason they don't communicate with you clearly. So I don't think there's anything... Um, pushy or wrong in just going back to them and saying I'm, I'm so sorry I'm not quite clear what's happened here I've got the documents back could you just confirm that you want to go ahead or could we could we have a proper chat about this and just set out the terms at the beginning and it's it's just establishing from the beginning again what you want to see in that relationship absolutely think, yeah. as you said yeah that's it isn't it it's like 
knowing that it's okay because this is our business and we're running this for like we want to build a successful business and it's okay to expect that people are going to work in the way that we need them to work this is where we need to believe in ourselves and know that we we aren't doing anything that's out of order by asking our clients to work in the way that we need them to work otherwise we can't build a business and we can't help them so we can't look after ourselves yeah and and almost you you get a, a good degree of respect I think by by doing that by going back and having those conversations rather than just kind of allowing it to to go woolly um I think that clients really appreciate that and it also really helps you to suss out if if it is a big red flag <laughs> you're going to get more red flags quite quickly and you can put the uh, the finishes on that relationship before it gets going if it is going to prove to be tricky but I think people really appreciate it Absolutely. And I think it's, it's just so important. And, you know, like we were talking about failure in the past, I've definitely um, been on the wrong side of this uh, for many years. And I remember I used to think of other business owners as having more worth than me, mm-hmm. as I was there to serve them. And what they said was what it was. I, I used to be very much a servant to other mm-hmm. business owners and I didn't value myself and this self-worth that we're talking about and this imposter syndrome does come down to all of that. Like we kind of, we kind of, by the, by the way we act, we're kind of uh, allowing that to be built up as the truth that we're not worth it if we act like this. But, and this is the difference between seeing ourselves as a service provider compared to a business owner and now I go into the meetings feeling that my business is just as worthy and my dreams and my goals for what I want to achieve in my business is just as valid as the as the person and the new potential client, the prospect in front of me. So I think when we start changing the narrative that we have and how, and I'm like, yeah, I'm here to work with you and I'd love to help you achieve your goals and dreams, but you're very much here to do the same for me because yeah. this is, this is um this is the transaction that we've got between each other um and i think it's really important that you sit and recognize currently where do you see yourself in do you see yourself as a business owner or do you see yourself as a someone that's going to service other business owners and i know that i've definitely had to go on a journey with this and i know for many years i've not thought like this until very recently yeah it's a, such a partnership and i think on the other foot as somebody who's um, worked with accountancy and bookkeeping practices um, sometimes you'll find the client actually feels very much the same they feel like you're way up here because you've got all the knowledge and the expertise so you're both kind of sitting there feeling different to each other and feeling terrified of each other so if you can establish that nice level playing field at the beginning just be like this is a partnership we're going to work together Um, it builds yeah builds trust and it just takes that whole kind of guessing game out of the equation oh I love that and I, yeah remembering that we actually all come at this with the set like the same we all have goals we all have our own areas of expertise yep. and uh, we're not in competition with anybody uh it's really important Abby this has been so helpful to everybody watching and thanks everyone who's stayed here with us and uh we just learned so much from you today um Abby how can people connect with you and find out more about what you do Oh, such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. It's lovely. Um, so 
I have my own podcast, um, Unblock Your Business. So if you want to have a listen there, it's full of kind of business strategy and mindset tips from from me. So um, yeah, Unblock Your Business, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, on most of the major podcast channels. So go, go and search um, or just via my website. Um, and there is a, um, a cheat sheet there on imposter syndrome. So it's www.abigail-rogers.com. And um, if you look at the little scrolling banner thing at the top, there's an imposter syndrome download that you can click on and, and get there. So um, pop straight into your inbox and give you five top tips for overcoming imposter syndrome. Whoa, amazing. Oh, Abby, that's amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time for us today. Um, no thank you, everyone, for being here. Joe and I are back at 8 p.m. GMT. We're going to be teaching you the second part of our RISE framework for finding clients. I'm really excited about this evening. Uh, Joe, I was actually thinking we should do the long version of our intro tonight. What do you think? Oh, um, yes. <laughs> So uh, everyone who is excited about that, come along and, and watch that. No, it's going to be an amazing session. Um, we're talking about services that you offer. We're talking about ideal clients, things like that. And we're going to be going into a lot of detail. Um, yeah, I can't wait to I can't wait for that session. So we'll be back at eight. Um, we'll be here in the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club. If you're watching this on LinkedIn or YouTube, come and register at sixfigurebookkeeper.club. That's the place to join the Facebook community. We will see you there in a few hours. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Bye. And don't forget to join us every week on the Bookkeepers Podcast with Topical Bookkeeping Chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.